Hi, and welcome back to my podcast, Breaking the Stigma. We're sticking with themes of mental illness in the world. And what we're going to talk about today is re-entry of prison inmates with mental illnesses back into society. Um, prison inmates in general face many, many challenges trying to integrate back into society with their families, their communities, finding a job, all kinds of things. Now, with the added pressure of having a mental illness or psychosis, it can make it pretty hard for people getting out of prison to be successful and stay out of prison. The first source we're going to use is from libertpub.com, Societal Reentry of Prison Inmates with Mental Illnesses, Obstacles, Programs, and Best Practices. So, the obstacles faced by inmates with mental illnesses re-entering society are numerous, starting with access to adequate health care. A lot of inmates don't have access to that or don't know how to find it or have insurance to pay for it. Acquisition of gainful employment is a big one for regular people getting out of prison, much less people with mental illnesses and psychoses. Successful reintegration back into your family and community. Coming out of prison, you already have a stigma pasted on you, pasted on your back that you're not normal. Now, mix that with mental illnesses, people really tend to get scared. Inmates with mental illnesses are more likely to be homeless after release because of lack of adequate community-based programs. Psychotic symptoms interfere with the organizational, abil organizational abilities required to obtain stable housing. Getting stable housing is hard for the regular person that doesn't want a background check ran on them. Using the organization, organizational skills in your brain is easy for the normal person, but for a mentally ill person, their brains are scattered and don't work the same way as a normal person. Makes getting a house and keeping a house very hard. Many, many, many go back to prison or become homeless. Another problem is the comorbidity of mental illnesses and substance abuse. This makes it harder to get treatment for both. Many substance abuse places don't want to deal with addicts with mental addictions. I mean, mental illnesses on top of addictions. And many mental illness places don't want to deal with addictions. Makes getting treatment at most facilities hard. And again, lots of discrimination comes from landlords and potential employment because of the criminal record that follows these people around for the rest of their lives. Next, we're going to talk about some typical prison reentry models that are designed to accommodate mentally ill inmates when reentering society. The first one we talk about is the Forensic Assertive Community Treatment, FACT. It was developed as ACT, Assertive Community Treatment, in the 1970s with the goal of integrating individuals with severe mental illnesses into society from mental institutions. Later on, it became FACT, the Forensic Assertive Community Treatment, 
which focuses on maintaining rehabilitation for its participants with psychological stability and maximizing their capacity for daily independent function functioning without relying on the structure of an institutional setting. The core components that feature in this treatment are multidisciplinary treatment teams, low patient-to-staff ratios, home visits, around-the-clock patient access, assertive outreach to reluctant patients, individual approaches to treatment needs. It adjusts the focus of treatment to reduce future incarceration and usually involves patients' parole officers as a member of the multidisciplinary treatment team. Many research, excuse me, much research and studies were conducted and found that participants of fact were significantly less likely to be rearrested than that of their peers that, not, that did not participate in the FACTS program. The next model is critical time intervention, CTI. It was initially designed to be implemented with homeless populations to provide resources and increase logistical and emotional stability for the transition from homeless shelters to independent living. It was later reconstructed to cater to the prison population being re-entered into society. It is a nine-month, three-stage intervention that strategically develops individualized linkages in the community and seeks to enhance engagement with treatment and com community supports through building problem-solving skills, motivational coaching, and advocacy with community agencies. CIT provides several of the usual traditional services, services such as vocational training, but their key focus is on the critical factors of community and social support in re-entry to society. CTI helps inmates form ties to long-term service providers, but it also works with family and friends to develop healthy and effective relationships conducive to recovery and psychological stability. Most mentally ill Inmates rely on their social supports upon release, and CTI prepares those close to the inmate to be the best facilitators of continuity, continuity of care and psychological health. The first phase of CTI is transition into the community. It begins with an assessment of the inmate's concrete needs, psychological needs, and individual strengths. It works with the courts to get these done and to make specific individualized plans that specifically consider the follow following areas of concern, psychiatric treatment, medication adherence, substance abuse management, housing crisis management, and family interventions. The second phase of CTI is the tryout phase, and the goal of this phase is to maximize the participants' independence and in society. The staff carefully observe and document the individual's use of community resources that were introduced in phase one, while intervening with assistance only when deemed necessary. The final phase is the transfer of care, 
where program staff ensure that the participants linked to the community resources are secure and that these resources will provide for the individual's needs beyond the CTI termination of program. The next program we're going to talk about is PAP, Thresholds Prison Aftercare Program. It is an adaptation of Thresholds Jail Linkage Project designed to reduce recidivism in prison inmates with severe mental illnesses. It is based on the assertive community treatment model, the first one we talked about, and focuses on administering individualized intensive treatment while connecting inmates to community resources and monitoring the post-release adjustment. The main goal is to increase treatment compliance by combating resistance. This includes visiting the participants in their chosen residence and being available to the participants for emergency contact 24-7 for the duration of the program. Program staff carry very small caseloads and they can devote adequate attention and deliver appropriately intensive treatment to each inmate. This focuses on discharge planning so that the inmate can gain successful independence for program termination approximately 12 to 18 months following prison release. The next part of my podcast is going to talk about some resources people can find um, when they're leaving prison to help them reenter society. I found on the NAMI.org website a guide. It's called Coming Home. It's my next source. It's a guide to reentry planning for prisoners living with mental illnesses. It's good for people still in prison about to come home and people that have come home from prison or coming home. In the beginning pages, one through five, they get started by letting the inmates know about different resources, such as acquiring identification, asking for help to buy necessities, finding a place to stay, getting health care, and getting help with money until you're employed. The guy then goes on to give information to the inmate of stuff to think about before and after release, such as access to food, voting rights, pursuing an education, finding a job, taxes, fees related to your incarceration, child support if they may owe child support, moving to a different state, veterans support and services, how to help get help and support for their mental illnesses, and getting help and support for substance abuse, as well as other resources. My next source comes from the First Step Alliance website, Reducing Recidivism, Creating a Path to Successful Reentry. The rate of recidivism in the United States is 70% within five years of release. That's a lot of people that re-enter prison and don't learn their lesson the first time. On this website, in this article, they 
show some ways that they think um, would help combat recidivism. First, they say educational resources is one of the best ways to help formerly incarcerated people find employment and plan for the future. They can complete their high school diploma, pursue a college degree or technical skill program while incarcerated. This opens up a wide range of career possibilities. Now, I know they say this on First Step Alliance, but how many things can you actually go back to school for that don't run your record? I truly believe there should be ways for people that are coming out of prison to become doctors, to become nurses, to become anything, but their records are always holding them back. The next way that they suggest to combat recidivism <clears throat> is by eliminating user fees for criminal behavior. Many people come out of jail with so many fines and fees that they can never catch up or they have to go back to their criminal behavior just to pay the fines and fees for being in prison. It is a dog chasing its tail. So First Step Alliance suggests that eliminating these fees would help these people re-enter society better. Also, they suggest increased support for social services. That I totally agree with. There is not enough support for people coming out of prison. Especially people coming out of prison with mental illnesses. It's like they got a double target on their back and nobody wants to help them. Access to financial products. A lot of people before they went to prison or people with mental illnesses might have messed up their credit or they can't go get a banking account. They have um, people need more ways. They have a fresh start banking program for formerly incarcerated individuals. And it's through a member relationship with Element Federal Credit Union. It's actually part of First Step Alliance. They're there to help with the fair treatment of banking. And it's called Fresh Start Banking Program. And unlike most big banks and credit unions, it's designed to support their members and often have very low fees. It's democratically run, which means that members have more control than they would in traditional banks. There is no simple approach to reducing recidivism, the article states, but as a society, we do need to be much more engaged in addressing the collateral consequences of mass incarceration. Through the combined efforts of government, nonprofit organizations, socially conscious companies, and grassroots initiatives, we can all work together to change the narrative and help formerly incarcerated people create a positive path forward. I'm going to be ending my podcast today with a quote. The hardest prison to escape is your mind. <laughs>